Good afternoon, everyone, and welcome to the Monday edition of the Dark Delight Podcast with Beans. We've got uh, a good friend with us today. His name is Jason. You can find him on Twitter at carnivore underscore JT, if I'm not mistaken, right? <laughs> awesome. So we're video and audio. Nodding your head means the audio listeners will not <laughs> hear shit. Um, yes, that is correct. <laughs> So the video people have the benefit, but I wanted to start today quickly because the reason why I had you on is you just did on Twitter or X a compilation thread of carnivore transformations. Yep. And you've been doing a lot of this lately. Like you're really trying to boost people up and try and help them out and give them information and shit all over vegans, which is hysterical. (laughs) Um. But but I shared, I'm just going to put it up on screen. I shared over the weekend my husband's one-year transformation on carnivore. Now, my husband is a strict carnivore, um, meaning he literally only eats red meat and bacon. He does BBBE, really, but no eggs. <laughs> so BBBB. BBBB. He's just all B. And here's his transformation. It's on screen right now. He's lost 155 pounds. About 23 inches on his waist, 20 inches on his hips. But that's the, that's the, that's like the, that's actually not the biggest benefit. It's an afterthought in a way. Uh, The other benefits he's experienced are quite significant. Um, His MS lesions are undetectable now on his cervical spine. His mental health, he was on um medication for for you know clinical depression starting in january of last year he's off all his meds and he's i mean he's a different person um he sleeps better his testosterone is better like it just all across the board skin he's growing hair back on his head that's another thing that few people talk about i that happened to me too just saying but let's get into you i want to hear about you so tell everybody your journey on this and i'm going to put your pictures up on screen yeah, so I originally did – I posted my transformation from when I started <clears throat> loose carnivore is what I call it. And I'll, I'll get into what I consider loose carnivore. Uh, but I originally posted my my pictures from, from the ones that you're looking at, uh, the September 22 where I was 215 pounds to the April of 23 where I was 180. And that that picture has been around for a little bit. And I added the other two because I wanted to illustrate it, it. This is not my current level of fitness is not necessarily something new for me, right? Like I don't want to give people the the impression that, you know, I was not in decent shape my entire life. And then I started carnivore and bam, all of a sudden, uh, which is why I posted my, my competition picture from 17, I believe it is 16, 17, whatever year that was. Uh, because yeah, this is, you know, this is a return to where I was in my mid late twenties, um, with a couple key differences. Uh, the first being how I feel, right, and so that's part of what I try to get into uh, with the the thread and a little bit of of my story. But I really wanted people to see that, yes, like you can have a whole lot of health benefits, and especially from a physique standpoint. Um, but carnivore is not necessarily this amazing like magic you go from not being in shape to being in super good shape and you know a year and all of a sudden it's like oh my gosh this is the best thing ever uh yeah so that's that was the the reason i've actually had a couple people um some people would be like yeah that's not believable i'm like well 
it is when you realize that this is not like some brand new territory for me. Like that was my competition obviously is way lower late weight, right? Like you have water manipulation and, and hardcore dieting, but that was most of my twenties. Like I looked like that most of my twenties in some form or another carnivore just helped me get back there. And in the process helped me feel a lot better. Uh, and I, I think the main differences that you can especially see is when dieting down for especially a show like that, even the April, um, the 180 pound one, you have this level of depletion. Like and we talked about it just briefly is you just have muscle glycogen, like depleting in your cells. You have water leaving. Um, your energy levels are usually lower. You're in a calorie, pretty hardcore calorie deficit. And you just end up with this. It's almost like you shrink, right? You just slowly get down and then you hit your bottom, like your bottom weight. And then you start adding foods back in. You start drinking a little bit more, not alcohol, but, you know, drink more water. And then you like, you almost like balloon up a little bit and you feel full and you feel good. And the difference is those two lowest weights. That's, that's what I was, right? You were depleted um, asked, basically. Oh yeah. Hardcore. Uh, somebody asked me about the 170 pounds and I was like, well, it's not like, yes, technically I put on 45 pounds. But the day after I was 170 pounds, the, the day after I stepped on stage, I was 180 again. Like I literally put on 10 pounds almost overnight. Like that's how hard you can manipulate, you know, water in your glycogen stores. So the difference where I'm currently at is, yeah, I'm still losing weight. Um, I'm cutting down, but it's not like I don't have that crazy depleted. Like I still feel energetic. I still feel full. I don't feel like as far as like muscle, I feel full. Um, I don't feel super hungry. And so I'm honestly like, I kind of wish I was back in my, my competing phase because I think a, a competition prep would be so much easier on what I'm doing now. You know, that's what I was going to ask you actually, like, are like, because I would argue like, are they only looking for what your November 16 picture looks like, or can you compete on a January, 2024 body? I would, I would have to cut down probably a solid 10, 10 pounds at least, um, just to get the leanness and the, uh, the definition. Mm -hmm. So that, that's another thing, right? I don't know that I have pictures of a week, two weeks after my show, because the difference in how full you look is drastic. And so when you compare where I'm at now, where I'm not super depleted and where I was super depleted, obviously there's a bigger um change as far as like how big and full you look but yeah i would i'm kind of where i'm at i kind of want to get down and like as close to possible as i would a show prep just to kind of give myself an idea but no i do not really have any uh aspirations of competing again so you what made you like when you were in september of 2022 like what made you say okay i'm gonna try keto because that's where you started right keto yeah so I was, man, I don't even know if I could classify it as anything, to be honest. So uh, that was the other thing people asked me, like, well, how did you get to that, you know, 215 pounds? I was like, well, I got married, had two little kids, had two kids under two years old. Life. <laughs> Life, right? Like worked 50 hours a week. My schedule was the literal opposite of my wife's. So we had zero days off together. Uh, and I chose spending time at home. And that was it was just little. Like it was like, you know, a pound a month. And then it was like 10 pounds over a year. And then it just, and so when I moved, it's like, okay, I, I got to get back in, in shape. And I started working out again. 
I started feeling a little bit better and I did whole 30, which I don't know if you're familiar with whole 30 yet. And I've done that before. And it's like a good little reset. I was like, you know, what? I'm gonna do it for 90 days. So 90 days, I was extremely strict. Well, tell everybody what it is in case they don't know. So whole 30 is it's what it sounds like. You only eat whole foods, right? So no processed foods, no prepared foods, um, basically nothing with anything over one ingredient. So you prioritize, typically you'll prioritize leaner meats, uh, vegetables, whole vegetables, fruits, rice is fine, uh, but you're not going to eat like bread and stuff like that. And so it's, it's basically just an elimination of processed foods. And so I did that, lost probably close to 10 pounds in 90 days, but I didn't feel good. Like I just felt terrible the whole time. And when I say terrible, it's, you know, I eat and bloat and then I feel a little lethargic and then I finally feel okay again, but then it's time to eat again mm-hmm. and then I bloat again. And even though I'm losing weight, I'm not really like, like, it's not helping my workouts. It's just, everything's a struggle. I was like, man, I just went 90 days of depriving myself of all of the foods that I like and I don't feel better. So I was like, I literally was like, this is bullshit. Like, this is the dumbest thing I've ever done. And immediately put all the weight back on within like two months. Mm-hmm. And it was finally, it was a trip to Vegas for an anniversary that I was like, man, I feel terrible literally the whole time. Because I don't know if you've been to Vegas, but every piece of food in Vegas feels like it's slathered in some sort of toxic chemical that just <laughs> makes you go like this. Like for the entire time. <laughs> and I was like, I'm tired. Like I got to I gotta change something. And it was my wife who sent me uh, Paul Saladino. For mm-hmm. those who are not familiar, Carnivore MD was the name that he had as he was getting popular. And he has his approach is an animal based. Now, animal based is the probably the loosest spectrum of carnivore. Uh, a lot of people don't consider it carnivore at all. It's basically you prioritize meat, um, animal based products, as the name suggests, but you also have the addition of fruit and honey. So it is not zero carb like the majority of carnivore, uh, but it's still relatively low carb. And so my wife sent me his profile and was like, hey, he's a little kooky. Like, it's a little weird. Like, for anybody who's never seen him, like, he's the guy that wakes up in the morning and is like, this is what I do when I wake up. First, I go poop. (laughs) And then I run around with my shirt off and I go surfing because I live in Costa Rica and I'm independently wealthy. And you're like, cool. I wish I could do that, too. You're just like me. Not Yeah, yeah, right? Exactly. (laughs) Yeah, I got to get up and go to work. But you're, you know running around in your swim shorts and picking doing yoga in the sun. And, yeah. Yeah, exactly. He's like, check out this fresh fruit that I just picked from a tree in my yard. Uh, so like, I, I actually enjoy him. Like a lot of people don't like him, but I enjoy him. I think he's well-intentioned. Uh, but that's how I started was animal based. And when I say loose is how I started, I basically did it for meals. Like I would eat, you know, to the diet on meals and then snack whenever I wanted and eat whatever I wanted. You know, I would eat chips at night. I would have a drink if I wanted. So when I talk about loose, I was like loose. And I I immediately felt better. Like even just that, I immediately felt better. And so I was like, man, maybe there's something to it. And I went the rest of that year. So about four months of having really good results, pretty loose. And it was the beginning of 2023 that I was like, you know what, maybe I should get a little I'm, I'm feeling pretty good. Like maybe I should get a little stricter with this. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that's when I went into a little harder uh, animal based, but I was still low carb. Like I'm still under 50 grams of carbs a day, all from fruit and honey. 
that's where that picture came in. I was I was trying pretty hard to see how how low I could get down in weight, so I was pretty calorie restricted. Um, which is where you kind of get that little depleted look. Even on the animal base, I still felt like I had a depleted uh, look to me. And then went through a couple of my, you know, my typical bro science bodybuilding cycles of once I got to 180, I was like, all right, I'm going to boost back up and you know, try and gain weight again and build some muscle. And then in September at about 205 is when I went a lot stricter carnivore. And then in right after Thanksgiving is when I went BBB. That was that was the first time that I completely cut out carbs, uh, and I have aside from Christmas, where I'll be honest, I ate like a straight asshole on Christmas. Like, I tested my blood sugar. I have a I have a ketone meter. Yeah, uh, I literally doubled my blood sugar. Like, I was had I gone into a doctor, they would have been like, "Here's insulin, bro. Like, you're diabetic." Mm-hmm. Yeah, and this is why, like, I love it because I will say this: I've never experienced anyone like my husband who decided to do something and literally hasn't made an error or a mess up or a cheat not once i mean i've never seen such dedication like usually yeah you 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 fuck up for lack of a i mean you do you you screw up you want to eat something so you eat it like i wanted someone who can explain that because it's it's it sounds great okay i'm just gonna eat meat but like there's a real life to this that you know people have real lives people get you know off track i'm like conditioned at this point but even i'm doing something a little different now so since doing that how do you feel so the main reason i never gave up carbs is i always since like since i can remember so since college right i played uh, college baseball and I always had to be conscious of when I was going to eat. Like I was the guy that was literally eating throughout a game because I was terrified that I would get to a point where I felt hypoglycemic. And the moment for anybody who's felt like that, the moment you start feeling hypoglycemic, like you're in trouble. Um, you know, you start to feel a little bit shaky. You feel like you can't perform. Like it's just, it's a bad time. And so my entire life, I've always been conscious of food. I've never had you know, any diabetic tendencies or any problems with blood sugar, but I always had to consistently eat every, you know, four to five hours. And I never gave up the carbs even when I was feeling good because I would do no carb for a day or two and I would start to feel that, right? Like I would start to feel run down. Uh, your typical like no carb signs, which is why nobody wants to give up carbs because am I going to use for fuel? I'm going to feel that's that, That's what the doctor tells me you need to have sugar otherwise your body just can't run you won't be able to you won't be able to function and everybody believes that because if you give up sugar that's what's going to happen right now um and so well over a year that that's what i did because i was terrified of getting to this point where i just felt like a lethargic state my entire life and so the biggest change for me is i don't think i necessarily feel a ton better per se uh, but I don't have that. Like I've completely kicked it and I can now go throughout my entire day without worrying where my next meal is going to get. Um, so for example, I had a tattoo, um, the first part of a sleeve and the guy's like, yeah, you know, maybe six, seven hours. And my conditioned brain, like I actually talked with, uh, Dr. Tro for anybody who's familiar, uh, low carb MD podcast is what he runs. Um, I actually talked with him and 
like I was so conditioned and I had such this poor relationship with food that I always had to think where my food was going to come from. Like if somebody tells me that I immediately go, man, what am I going to eat? Yeah. Like, that's seven hours. Like I actually had like a chiropractor appointment before that. So I'm like, this is potentially like nine hours. Like, what am I going to do? Like, I got to, I got to bring food. I got to do all this stuff. I went to my appointment. I went to my tattoo and ended up only being like five hours, but I still went eight hours without eating. Yep. And I was totally fine. So you OMAD and, now, which is one meal a day? Uh, I'm too mad. So okay. I eat two meals a day. Yeah. So I can't, I can't quite do the, the calories needed for one. Um, but even two is a huge thing for me because I was always a four meal, maybe five a day. And that's what they so tell it's... you, you know, eat lots of small meals all day long and whatever. Like I organically kind of landed as OMAD, not on purpose. Like we weren't for a while. And then all of a sudden we just weren't hungry. So why are you going to eat if you're not hungry? Um, so I started 16 intermittent fast or maybe it wasn't necessarily, a you know, by definition intermittent fast, but it was 12 to 8. We would eat once or twice or sometimes three times. And it just over time changed um so now you what made you start doing recipes and videos and and your slogan which i <laughs> his slogan is eat a fucking steak it's hysterical <laughs> uh it actually so when i started i started my account uh in february of last year and originally i was like you know what i'm not gonna be controversial um I was like, I'm probably not even going to like post my face much. I'm just going to, you know, post carnivore stuff. And I got into it a little bit and I'm like, it's impossible. Like, this is boring. <laughs> like, and it also was fueled. Like, I'm like doing this stuff. I'm like figuring out, I had no background in, in any of this. I didn't know how to edit a video. Like I literally just bought an editing software program. And I was like, I got to figure this out. And it was actually triggered by, I started following this account who just started out carnivore uh, at the time we both had like a thousand followers on, on Instagram. And so we interacted a little bit and then she posted this video where she literally just read off a meme. It was the vegan farting meme. She literally just read it uh, on a video and it did like 10 million views. And then all of a sudden she had 10,000 followers. Mm -hmm. I was like, oh. I got to do one of those. It's <laughs> like, are you kidding me right now? And I was like, maybe like, just playing it safe and just being super reserved is is not the way for me. Is that and your so personality? I... <laughs> there you go. So I was like, you know what? I gotta I gotta step it up a little bit. Uh, shortly after that came the uh, the eat a fucking steak, which some people were like, man, I wish you went cuss. And I was like, bro, like calm down. Like it's really not that big of a deal. Uh, so yeah, that that's how that started. Um, and then as I got into it more and more, I started talking to more and more people and that's where i really started seeing these success stories and it, it really struck me because I, I come from the fitness world like i have a degree in in sports medicine uh i coached collegiate athletics right after college um i worked at a 24-hour fitness for a number of years as a trainer and a manager and so I'm, I'm built around that world and so that's not something that's super crazy to me like i see these transformations all the time. But I was seeing people that were overcoming absurd illnesses that you're yeah. you're told are just lifelong, right? Yep. Like I talked to a lady who comes off of 
you know, 15 different medications, most of them antibiotics, mm-hmm. um, starts having RA in remission, you know, has a Parkinson's diagnosis reversed, like at the age of, you know, 60 plus. I'm like, man, that's, that's crazy. And then you start digging into it and you realize that's not even like the craziest one. Mm-mm. And so at that point I was like, okay, I gotta, I gotta start like getting that out a little bit more. And then that kind of led to cooking videos because I started enjoying it. Uh, I'm a super basic when it comes to cooking. I'm super basic. Like I can literally eat basic stuff. <laughs> no problem. Uh, but I realized people started thinking that this diet was extremely restrictive and boring. Thinking, yeah. And boring, extremely restrictive and boring. So I was like, you know what? We can spice it up a little bit. Literally. I use spices. People like to freak out about that. Sometimes. Yeah, I know. I know they have carbs. Uh, <laughs> So I started doing that. I made a whole bunch of videos. And honestly, it was when I had probably like 20 or 30 videos and the recipes already. It's like, you know what? I should just, I had a couple of people ask me. And I was like, you know, I should just put it together in a cookbook. And people I, love, I like, you. yeah. And I also yeah. asked I mean, pe- you where you get your pans. <laughs> uh, yeah. And, and people, you know, the vegans love to be like, well, you're grifting, bro. Like you're doing this. I'm like, Dude, literally all of my stuff is online for free. Like you can literally, there might be like four or five that I never made a video for, but all of my stuff you can find online. It's either on my blog, on my social medias. It's just way easier to put it all together into one and mm-hmm. then offer it to people. For that's five charge, bucks. It's why I charge five bucks. Like I, I had somebody who was doing a cookbook at the same time. They're like, yeah, I'm gonna do like 15. I was like, yeah, me too. <laughs> So, I was like, the goal is not to like try and get rich from it. The goal is it took me a lot of time to put together. So, yeah, you know, five there's a little bit to it. Yeah. Exactly. I mean, I love it. So, so a lot of, I hear a lot of people, these are a, a bunch of the things that folks tell me and I try to educate them. People tell me it's too expensive for them. They can't do it. Now I get that. I understand. I'm not made of money myself. However, well, I mean, I don't know what, what your income level is at all, but how do you do it affordably? Because what I'm seeing you cook is affordable. So yeah, share. And so the biggest thing people, people fixate on the most expensive part of your meal, right? And so when they're doing your standard, you know, sad diet, standard American diet, they're going to look at, yeah, but you know, pasta is like a dollar and I can have, you know, five meals. And then you go, okay, so what do you add to the pasta? Well, a pasta sauce. How much is the pasta sauce? Well, it's like $2. Okay, cool. What do you add to that? Well, I add cheese. Well, how much is the cheese? Well, the cheese is $3. And then you go, well, do you add? Yeah, well, then I have a salad. Well, how much is salad? Salad's fucking expensive. Salad is stupid. Mm-hmm. The fact that we pay 4 to $5 for like a head of lettuce is absurd. Especially it's 90% when it's water. So bad for you. I bloat yeah. when I eat lettuce. Oh, horrible. Yeah. And so then you go, okay, well, then what do you do that? Well, I pair it with a a nice uh, red wine. Okay, well, how much is the red wine? Well, it's like 10 bucks. And so then you, you like start adding it up and you're like, you realize what you're eating is not super cheap, right? And they're like, but the pasta is like a dollar. Mm-hmm. And so, but then they get on and they see, you know, I, I use Sean Baker. He's probably the most polarizing carnivore figure. They'll see him eating a, a grass-fed ribeye. Yep. And then they go, but that's $30 a pound. I'm like, yeah, but nobody... Like the standard person doesn't eat $30 pound ribeyes. Right. Um, you know, they shop at Kroger, they shop at Walmart or Costco or whatever it is. And as long as you're conscious of what you're looking for, um, have an idea when sales come out, 
you can buy a ton of ground beef for under five dollars a pound. Yep. Um, most of my ground beef is three dollars a pound. And then uh, I just bought a bunch of ribeyes from holiday sales that were under five dollars a pound. And so, as long as you're conscious, what you find is you can get good deals. Invest in a chest freezer, right? Because you're going to freeze some stuff. And then the lack of associating condiments and anything else that goes with literally it, other yes it literally makes everything cheaper and the fact I that mean, you you kind of migrate to only one meal a day sometimes two and that second meal typically isn't a full steak for most people yeah most people so, are I mean, waking up and eating a steak for their first meal and then cooking another ribeye a few hours later for their second meal it just doesn't happen yeah and then you learn to and, and part of the reason i started doing the videos is I'm like, just take a cheaper cut of meat and learn how to make it taste good. And then all of a sudden you're buying, you know, $4 roasts and that's yeah. your steak for the day. And you add it with a pound of ground beef and you're under $10 for the day, which go to Burger King or go to Chipotle and, you know, find out it's not going to be that cheap. Same thing with like uh, the, the videos coming out about Subway sandwiches. You're eating all that that crap. And you're paying 18 bucks for a sandwich. You could have gotten a ribeye steak, you know, 10 ounce ribeye and had that and fed your body the right way. I have a video of one of your recipes. Which one would you like to watch? Would you like to watch the Kurter Burger carnivorized Culver's, the bacon wrapped cheese stuffed hot dog with the carnivore bun, or the Burger King chicken fries? The stuffed hot dog. And yeah, the other two are fairly, they're fairly basic. You can eat, you can definitely eat hot dogs. Just, you know, make sure you're looking at your labels, but you can eat hot dogs. Here we go. This is, this is it right here up on screen. Good evening, my people up in the chandeliers. The wine and dining, the menu is blood, sweat, and tears. Everybody ready? Raining the confetti. Champions are born right now. Click goes the hammer. Run when you hear that sound. How do you look at that and not, and by the way i before i decided i was going to entertain your interview i tasted your recipes <laughs> <laughs> i texted i texted him on i i dm'd you on on x and i was like all right well the bread is serviceable but it's it's carnivore bread it's basically eggs pork rind butter mm -hmm. and then how you bake it is all the difference but it's if you want to taste like you're having bread there you go. Now, I've seen a very crafty vegan argument for this. Carnivores mock vegans who are trying to make things like meat, but carnivores are trying to make things like bread. I actually love that one. That's one of my favorite ones. Uh, because my rebuttal to that is, I'm not really trying to get it to taste like bread because it doesn't taste like bread. Nope. What I'm trying to do is I'm trying to get the convenience um, the portability and the ability to mix flavors. And it just happens to look like bread because guess what? That's the, 
uh, because that's the, you know, that that's what bread provides you. And so like a bun, like that means I can pick it up and eat it. That means I can now add sauces and extra stuff to that food because I have the ability to pick it up. Um, so I'm like, no, like, sure. Some people, there are people who, you know, are carbon and, and bread addicted that are doing that to replace it. But I'm not trying to to make it taste like that. All I'm trying to do is it's really hard to find. Uh, Parks and Rec is one of my favorite shows ever. Uh, a meat delivery system, a whole new meat delivery system. That's literally <laughs> what I'm trying to do is, you know, because sometimes it's nice to be able to pick it up or it's nice to be able to like I did a French dip uh, where, yeah, you kind of need something to soak up that au jus that you're eating in order to get it with the flavors of the cheese and the meat. So I, I do love that one a lot because no, I'm not trying to replicate anything that's vegan or like make something that's I see people trying vegan. to make bananas into sausages. Like, dude, come on. I, I, I literally posted, have you, oh my gosh, I posted a banana peel bacon. Yes. Banana peel bacon. And this chick. If you can find she comes that, on, I want to play it. I want to play it for people. Oh my. I, gosh it, it like so if you go to jt's x account you'll see he mocks people and it's great i, I mean it's great it's grand <laughs> i love it i love it um because it's true it's it's like it's funny because you know i've had some people come you know that that are friends of the family etc be like oh you know you know he's he's right. losing a lot of weight and you know, I don't know if this is healthy, what he's doing. I'm like, look at him. He's thriving. He's growing this thick, beautiful beard. And he's, you know, he's thriving and he's got energy and his face is bright and his eyes are bright. And he's the exact opposite of what he was. But you're upset because he's doing it eating, you know, like, like steak and not because, you know, not going on Ozempic or something. Right. Like that's when they call, oh, you're, that's not healthy. You're going to kill yourself. I would argue that you'd kill yourself a lot easier, you know, eating sugar and, 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 and carbs and, you know, processed foods than you would eating meat, which is the way we were made is to eat meat. I want to show this because this, this blows my mind still. This is another recipe, but when you look at this plate at the end, you're going to recoil if you're used to a standard American diet because your doctor has told you that this is going to kill you, okay? I'm gonna put it on screen, we'll play one more video, here we go. cheese and all the bacon and all the fat people are blown away when i tell them you have to eat the fat off your steak you do not trim that and put it aside from your sports medicine oh he's so cute from your sports medicine perspective can you tell us why the fat is important to consume so the the big thing is going to be once you start cutting out carbs 
Um, the, the thing we've always heard about carbs is carbs is your, your body's fuel source, right? Which is not an untrue statement. Uh, I eat a bunch of carbs, my, my body's going to burn that for fuel. Uh, and it is important for a number of, of bodily functions. When you cut that carbs out, you need your body to become what's called fat adapted, which means I can now use fat as a replacement for my carbohydrate fuel source. Uh, now, this is a, a huge point of contention because people will say, well, carbs are essential. I'm like, okay, you, you have to break that down because dietary carbs, aka me eating carbs, is not essential. Now, glucose, which is a carbohydrate, is essential within my body. However, my body can create whatever glucose I need um, through through gluconeogenesis. Go, go, go get checked. Go get checked. And so that process can use fat and protein to make its own glucose, um, which is primary source is going to be used as fuel in the brain. Now, if I do not have enough fat, now my body is like, I don't have anywhere to get my fuel from. And then you're, you're just going to be in a, in a bad time, especially since if I'm cutting out carbs and I don't have fat, my caloric intake is going to be so low that it's just, you know, I'm, I'm not going to be able to function properly. And that transition period is where people are going to get this keto flu, this, you know, this sucks. I hate my life. This is the worst diet ever. Why did anybody tell me about this? Because I want to die. It, it could and, be up to two weeks that you feel that crappy too. Yeah, and that's that's one of the reasons I am not a hardcore proponent of everybody just going cold turkey. Um, that's why I didn't go cold turkey. And when I finally cut out carbs, I had zero adverse effects whatsoever because I was close enough. Um, you know, now some people need to do that. That's just the way it is. They need to suffer through it and then they're fine. But that keto flu is your body figuring out, okay, you took away my fuel source. It's almost like if you took your car and you're used to running on standard gasoline and then you turned it to, you know, corn and it took your body, it took that car a little bit to figure out that you are now feeding it corn instead of fuel gasoline. Yeah. Um, Cause that's what your body's doing. Your body's like, Hey, I don't have any carbs anymore. What am I doing? Like now all of my functions are starting to shut down. Um, your brain, that's a huge one. Your brain is predominantly ran on glucose. And so until your body starts figuring out how to produce its own glucose or, you know, run on ketones, it, there's going to be a transition period. So, and so, go oh, ahead. go ahead. I'm sorry. No, go ahead. Go ahead. No, you finish because my question is going to divert from what you were saying. Yeah. So once, you know, making sure you have enough dietary fat is not only going to help you stay full enough. Um, it's also going to let your body know that, no, I am not in a, you know, starvation mode. I have plenty of fuel available. You just got to figure out to use the fuel source that I'm giving it. So if you're running on ketones, why does everybody in the medical community, minus the few opening their eyes, tell you that your kidneys are going to fail and you'll, you'll, you'll die an early death from kidney failure? Do you have any idea? In, in, uh, the kidney one is wild to me because, like, I feel like that was a, a myth back in the 80s and 90s that we told people um which is super weird to me because so like the, there is something to be said for cortisol production and you know a little bit of a higher stress environment but a lot of them what you'll hear is they're like well protein is hard on the kidneys i'm like that's like one of the most debunked yeah, things i've so ever seen like that's just not real uh 
you know, so there there is something to be said for being in a long-term state of high ketosis uh, as far as a stressful state for the body. I'm glad you like seeing yourself. Uh, but honestly, the majority of the time, and that's a huge difference with carnivore, is you're honestly not in a big state of ketosis for a long time. Um, and so ketosis is going to be a much higher fat in your diet than most carnivore. Like you have more protein in your, in your diet than a standard keto diet, um, which is a big differentiator between carnivore and keto. And so carnivore people will be in ketosis. Like I'm in low ketosis. I bought a ketone meter just to check. Um, you know, I'm about one, uh, I forget what the exact measurements millimeters per just, I don't, I can't remember exactly what the measurement is. Um, but somebody in ketosis is going to be in much higher and that's going to be a little bit more of a stressful state for them. So there is something to be said and, and people have had adverse effects for being in ketosis for a long period of time. There's people that have no problem whatsoever. Mm -hmm. So I think the big thing to understand is when you're carnivore, you're not necessarily in ketosis. You don't have to be in ketosis uh, because you're still fat adapted. Um, your body doesn't have to run on ketones in the absence of carbohydrates. Your body just has to be able to make its own fuel, uh, and it's using fat for that. Yeah, so for, for I will, you know what, it's 9.09, you've given us 40 minutes, and you've got the little one. So <laughs> I'll, I'll tell my story after, after we say goodbye to you, but I want you to tell people what you'd want to tell them. First of all, everybody go and, and follow Jason on Twitter or X because he's freaking fantastic. Um, where can people get your your cookbook and also tell people like whatever you want them to know before we get going? Uh, so the cookbook's at my website, theinnercarnivore.com. Uh, it is, I changed my link in my my X profile. So it's no longer link tree. That, that link takes you directly to the cookbook. Um, it's a digital download. Downloads is the PDF. Uh, what I would tell people is you don't, be careful of, I call these, I call these people the, the protector of the dogma. Be careful if that's your first experience with carnivore, because it does not have to be as crazy strict as some of these people make it out to, to seem. And that's, that was the driving force behind the cookbook. Um, I wanted people yeah. to see shh, that you can have a mixture, right? I, I, I wrote the, the cookbook for a combination of animal-based keto and carnivore because a lot of those are easy to, you know, substitute out to fit what you're trying to do. So like the nachos, the nachos have jalapenos and tomato. Mm -hmm. Guess what? Just take out the nachos and the, or the jalapenos and the tomato. And now all of a sudden it's carnivore. Yep. You know, people will be like, what's that vegetable stuff on it? Oh my gosh. Well, first of all, it's not vegetables, but they'd be like, <laughs> what? oh my gosh, yeah, that's not, that's not carnivore. That's my favorite. Like I'll post a recipe and they're like, that's not carnivore. Make like, it carnivore. Yeah. Yeah. Make it carnivore if you want. Yeah. But guess what? You can still eat this and still get really good results. Like you don't have to eat the lion diet. The only, like the lion yeah, diet yeah. The only time I advocate for that immediately is if somebody needs an elimination diet to cure like or not, I don't want to say cure, to reverse <gasps> or feel better having rheumatoid arthritis or an autoimmune disease or they have diabetes or there's some health issue. Wait. It's that's that's the Mikhail Peterson. And yeah. For people who don't know Mikhail Peterson, she's Jordan Peterson's daughter. Um, this and this is another reason that I, I went hardcore in on it is she has one of 
the worst stories I know I have ever heard. And people who, who don't know, I'll just say it real quick. She was diagnosed with juvenile rheumatoid arthritis at seven years old. Yep. Seven years old with RA. At 12 years old, she was on really? RA medication, which is horrible for you because it's immune suppressing. Mm-hmm. By the age of 20, she had a uh, hip and ankle replacement. 20 years old, having your hip and ankle replaced. Uh, all kinds of diseases. And she's the lion back, right? She's red meat, salt, and water. Go get Jack Jack. Go get Jack Jack. And so if that's if those are the issues that you have, that's what you got to do. Yeah. But if you're just trying to feel better, you don't have to do that. Like, you can ease into it. There's different stuffs on the spectrum. Um, find something that works for you. And what you'll find is once you start doing it, you're like, man, could I feel better? So what happens if I remove this? And then you remove that and you're like, man, I, I feel even better. Mm-hmm. What? And then you end up like, I'm strict right now. I'm BBB. I'm not even eating eggs right now. So I'm BBBB. Um, a lot of people are doing, doing that dairy, <laughs> right? Like my entire cookbook is filled with cheese. I don't even eat dairy right now. Uh, it's just, you know, and it's something I've kind of transitioned to and I feel good. And I'm like, Man, what happens if I do this? And if I don't like it, I'll go back to eating it. Like, yeah, it's not that big of a deal, but you don't have to right off the bat. You don't have to jump off a 40 foot cliff into water that you don't know. Like just start basic, start by removing processed foods get rid of seed oils yeah. and then once you start feeling better, you'll realize, man, I, I want to keep feeling good, which is why people don't cheat. Yep. Right. Like it's I'm terrified of cheating again <laughs> because I felt so bad for a couple of days after eating on Christmas that I'm like, why? I don't want to. It's almost like, like when you haven't like that. drank in like a year and then you, you get 100%. wasted and the next day you're like, oh my God, what did I do? That's how you feel when you eat bad after doing this clean lifestyle. 100%. Yeah. So, well, listen, thank you so much for being here. We're going to keep collaborating because like, honestly, I want to help a bunch of folks that are doing awesome stuff like you're doing to reach people they may not have reached because that's what people did for me when I first started doing investigative journalism. And now, you know, I, I get this a lot because I'm kind of like new to this community, I guess, people like to shit on me and say, who's this person? I've got a bunch of people who are really looking to make themselves well. And if I can help bring information to those people from folks like you, then I'm going to do that. So I know yeah, I'm new. I'm like, a new... This is a new, this is a new trend. <laughs> like it, it's not, the concept is not new. Um, you talk to Sean Baker, who's, you know, credited with the diet. He'll say in his book, this is not new. Like people mm-hmm. have been doing this for, you know, a long, long time. If you want to get into like, you know, anthropology, it's we've been doing it a really long time. Mm-hmm. Um, but as far as like following the carnivore diet, like this is only a few years old. So, you know, there's people that have been doing this style, but a lot of these people are very, very new. And so this concept that, oh, you haven't been doing it long term, you can't do like stop. Like that's the protector of the dogma people. And yep. I'm just like, just knock it off. <laughs> Well, tend to those little ones. I don't want to keep you anymore. I appreciate you. And thanks for being here. I appreciate it. Thank you very much. All right. So, hold on. How do we, there we go. Awesome. So, I, thank you to JT for being here. I wanted to talk about my experience with this because everybody's asking me, 
what's your experience? You know, your husband did fantastic. Again, I'm going to put him up on the screen so you can see how fantastic he did. Um, again, he started out keto for maybe a week or two and then just went full carnivore. Um, he, he has had a very different experience than I have. So my experience, I start, I, I decided one day it would be much easier and maybe I could support him more if I just did the same thing so that I wasn't eating, you know, whatever standard American diet like I was eating and then just jumped right into, you know, like I jumped right into strict carnivore and I was only eating meat. And I got to tell you, the first couple weeks were absolutely agonizing for me. <laughs> um, I, I was not liking not having my sugar. I was not liking, I, it took me a very long time to stop having cream in my coffee in the morning and go right to black coffee. Um, I wasn't really following it the way I should. And then when I did, I noticed a, a bunch of things change. I've only lost about 20 pounds, but I'm a woman who's probably perimenopausal at this point, and that is just what happens with me. Um, I felt very frustrated that I was somewhat stagnant for a little while. However, the other things that happened to me were life-changing. I don't know if many of you have noticed this because you see me all the time, but my hair has grown back. I used to have a massive bald spot right here on the side of my head, um, that is gone. My hair has grown back. My nails are stronger. My skin is more clear. I'm less puffy. I get sleep. I sleep well. Um, I am clear headed and focused. I don't need a nap anymore in the middle of the day. Um, the biggest thing for me was the inflammation going away. I have now been able to trans, um, to move off of my medication that I was on for IIH. I've been off of it now for almost a month and a half with no symptoms, which was a Lasix diuretic every morning. And I was a very interesting case because I was salt restricted. Now, a very important part of this lifestyle is your electrolyte balance. You need to have your electrolytes balanced at all times. I was advocating for a, a brand of electrolytes that had very low sodium because I was restricted to 1,000 to 1,200 milligrams of sodium per day because if I consumed more sodium than that, my body was making excess spinal fluid, which was causing my my brain to swell, for lack of a better word, okay? Um, so I, I, a couple weeks ago now, ran into a serious issue with my electrolyte balance. Um, I had tachycardia. I felt like absolute dog shit. I ended up going to the hospital to figure out what was going on because my my regular doctor couldn't take me and I couldn't get it under control. I couldn't figure out exactly what I was missing and where. And it turned out that I was low in potassium. My potassium was low. I had to change up things for a little while to figure out where I was at. So I decided that I was going to change my electrolyte balance. I was going to increase the sodium levels that I was consuming pretty significantly. I was going to start using more um, real salt on my my beef every day. I, I decided that I was going to try and add back in some greens to kind of get them. I was, you know, basically metabolic acidosis. So I was trying to, to, to level things out for myself. And here's what I noticed, okay? So I was 
strict carnivore with butter, no eggs, bacon, but I was strict carnivore, not eating anything else ever, okay? I felt amazing until I didn't, and I had this electrolyte issue. When I came back, I was like, you know what? Maybe it would help me to have some sugar in my body, okay? Just some some source of sugar to kind of get myself functioning where I need to anymore. So I added back in. I started doing a steak salad every day for lunch. I kept my massive amount of fatty protein. I added in some lettuce. I added in some peppers and some cucumbers and some tomatoes. I got to tell you, the lettuce makes me look pregnant, okay? If I eat lettuce, I bloat like I'm pregnant. That's number one. It's bad. Lettuce is cut back out. And it's amazing how you can tell the difference in how you feel and what you react like if you have gone without for so long and reintroduce. And this is how the elimination portion of things really helps people to understand what their issue is. I added in blueberries. I added in strawberries. I basically went the Paul Saladino route. Paul Saladino recommends fruits, recommends honey. Um, and then there are certain very inflammatory vegetables that you should stay the hell away from. And so I stayed away from all of those and I added back in some of the quote safer vegetables as per Dr. Saladino. Um, I bloat, I looked like I was eight months pregnant and I would show my husband every time I ate something new what would happen to me in terms of digestion and how my body reacted to it and how I felt. And I am back trimmed down to only, I can handle cucumbers just fine. So they give me a little bit of, of you know, juice. I can handle blueberries just fine. I can't eat strawberries. I can't eat pineapple. Um, I can eat raspberries. Like anything in the berry family to give myself a little sugar because I seem to do better with a little bit of additional natural sugars in my diet. I feel better, I have more energy, I feel more more satiated. Um, so I'll have a handful of blueberries after my, my, my steak lunch, right? And then if I'm hungry later, it's a bacon snack. But I personally do better myself as my woman body that I am with a little bit of added sugar I have found over the past several weeks. And the fact that I'm able to up my sodium intake from where I was restricted to without the use of my diuretic to me is is kind of groundbreaking because I don't know if any of you guys know what IIH is but when you're diagnosed with it there's no they don't know why it happens they have no idea they say it's oh because you're overweight but they really don't know it's called idiopathic intracranial hypotension so what I would recommend to everybody because processed foods are killing you I will go so far as to say sugar is not helping you at all either. I was carb free for a very, very, very long time. Okay. Months and months, not even one carbohydrate. There are a few times I posted where I accidentally introduced sugar and carbs to my diet without realizing it. And it was like, boo, terrible, just terrible for me personally. But what I would recommend is that everybody, if you're looking into this and you want to see what it's like to go through a transformation like this. Now we hit the gym this year. We're starting within the next week or so because um, we haven't. But if you want to see, if you want to see what it's like for you, start keto. Just keto. You can have your, you can have your carbohydrates on keto and be okay. Um, 
you know, they, if you go to Nisha Berry, um, Dr. Berry's wife, you know, we've had him on the program before. She does Ketovore, which is where I'm at right now. Um, start there. Remove everything processed from your diet. Remove sugar to the best of your ability from your diet. I don't advocate for any sugar, honestly. Uh, like, again, I've found that this helps me. But start start removing that and see what you feel like. Because you're going to feel when you wake up. I, I When I wake up in the morning, I'm not tired. I'm wide awake now. I jump out of bed full of energy. Okay, I get a good night's sleep. I used to toss and turn. The other thing, I have degenerative disc disease. I'm going to tell you something. I was on pain meds for a decade or more. My back is really, really bad. It's bad. I have cut my pain meds out. And I'm not sitting here in agony right now, okay? It's, it's, there's ways to do this where you're not restricting yourself to the point where you are like, I can't do this. I can't, there are ways to actually move yourself into this lifestyle that will, will startle and surprise you. That will allow you to maintain a good food budget. Because listen, again, when we go, we don't go to the supermarket anymore. Very rarely do we go to the supermarket. Viv is starting on this today. William's moving his way into it with us now. There are no snacks. There are no, there's no bread. There's no cereal. There's no, you know, there's nothing outside of the core items that we use for our meals. If you look at that and then you figure out like how to, and you're eating a lot less with the intermittent fast or OMAD one meal a day and you feel fine like I'm never hungry if I eat one meal my my lunch at noon I rarely get hungry by six o'clock seven o'clock so if I am I'll have bacon or I'll make myself an egg eggs are expensive but they're not as expensive as buying you know a slew of other crap that you're normally buying it, it, you eat less and it's less expensive. Thank you, Will, for sharing, um, for sharing the information in the chat. My husband's in the chat sharing information because he's amazing. <laughs> I've outed him. <laughs> but I've watched him and his experience. And I have to tell you, I've never seen anything like this before. It has been absolutely breathtaking. I've seen what it's done for his mental health. I've seen what it's done for his physical health. I've seen what it's done for his autoimmune issues, for his depression. Um, it's changed our lives. I've watched it for a straight year. I've experienced it myself. Again, my hair grew back. They could not figure out what the hell was wrong with me that I was losing clumps of hair. It had nothing to do with, with, with COVID or anything. I'm brushing my hair a couple weeks ago. I'm like, Will, I'm like, my hair is like actually full again. Like I grew hair back. Like I could, it doesn't fall out in the shower anymore. Like even though I didn't lose a hundred pounds, it's because I didn't have a hundred pounds to lose. Am I still, do I wish I looked better? Yes, I do. But I think once I start doing weight training and stuff, it's going to pick up. Um, this has changed our lives. I'm going to continue to have people on to talk about it. I'm going to continue to hope that people will try this. I'm here. 
I'm, I'm willing to help with what I know. I've been through different iterations of this over the past year, much different than my husband has. My, again, my husband just went for it and just excelled. That hasn't been my experience, but I've still realized such significant benefits that I, sh- like I'm, I'm basically carnivore, strict carnivore with a little handful of berries every day. And I feel amazing and I'm healthy. And I'm going to have Dr. Barry back. We're going to talk about cholesterol because everybody's asking about what about your cholesterol? We're going to talk about cholesterol. We're going to talk about what happens when you introduce sugar back into your body. Bad sugar, processed foods, carbohydrate, that stuff. Back into your body when you haven't had it for a long time. Because I do not get a keto flu if I introduce like natural sugars from, from blueberries and raspberries and stuff like that. Um... So you guys, and before I go, this is the last thing I'm going to say. The, the General Flynn documentary is coming out. You guys have heard me say this. You're going to be able, I am embarrassed. You are going to be able to tell the difference. That documentary, I was filmed before I did this lifestyle. A year later almost, you can see the difference. You will see the difference in how I look. Trust me, you will. I am ridiculously puffy and inflamed in the documentary. My eyes are tired. Uh, my hair is just like you can see it. You're going to see the lack of energy. You're going to see it. And that's professional. Like I'm, it's embarrassing for me because I look at myself and I'm like, oh my gosh. But you're going to be able to contrast and compare and contrast the two. Because for me, again, I didn't drop like, you know, 100 pounds or anything like that. Maybe 20, 25 pounds. Um, it wasn't immediately visible. I still have a little bit of a belly because of a herniation that happened when I was pregnant. So like that's never going anywhere. But um, trust me, when you watch that movie, you're going to be like, whoa, I promise you. So... You guys have been listening to the Dark to Light podcast. You can hear us every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday, streaming live at 8.30 a.m. Eastern Time on Rumble, Getter, and on X. You can hear us audio only at 2.30 Eastern Time, Monday, Wednesday, and Friday, streaming on all podcasting platforms. We need to take our health back into our hands. There's a reason they're trying to take meat away from us, and it isn't because of global warming. We will be back here on Wednesday. Wednesday.